0: Jehovah's Witnesses Leave the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Join us today as I interview Charles Smith, an ex-Jehovah's Witness. We'll learn what it was like growing up as a witness and how knowing the Christ of the Bible has changed his life. We'll also learn about the Witnesses Now for Jesus Midwest gathering that will be held in July in Missouri. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss today's program. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Charles, for being my guest today on Family Shield.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: All right. I'm so excited to be a part of your Witnesses Now for Jesus Midwest, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you, Charles, grew up in a Jehovah's Witness home. Tell us what that was like. Well, it
1: was good. Uh, I had a great mother and father. Uh, they were uh, uh, very loving to me. Uh, my dad instilled in, into me a love and an appreciation for God's Word, and uh, and I certainly appreciated that. I enjoyed, I mean, whenever I was a kid, I, I had fun uh, in my formidable years uh, uh, growing up and going to the assemblies, meeting uh, different uh, uh, people, uh, sharing uh, what I thought was the truth with people from house to house, uh, uh, in fact, that my earliest childhood memories were me at a, I, I was at a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall storefront Kingdom Hall in Neelyville, Missouri. I was about nine years old, and I was I was swinging on this this iron bar that held up the canopy in front of this building, and I was just thanking Jehovah, thanking him that I was in the truth, and that someone didn't have to come to our door. And, uh, and and study the Bible with us that I was already in the truth. In fact, my dad's name is Charles Taze Smith. Oh wow. So he was named after the the uh, first president of the Watchtower Society and so I was actually a third generation. No kidding witness. were
0: you really? Wow, wow, that's amazing. And And I guess one of the things we want to say, even though we're going to talk about uh, the Christian faith and that the teachings of the Watchtower Society are not, what the Bible really teaches. We're going to share more about that in a minute. But we don't want people to think that we think Jehovah's Witnesses are bad people. We think they're good people. They just have been misled, and we love them. We're not doing this program to talk a little bit about some of the challenges with theology between what they believe and what the body of Christ believes in any way, because sometimes people think it's (laughs) mean-spirited to talk about what Jehovah's Witnesses teach versus what Christianity teaches. So I just want to say that. Now um, you grew up, that's great that you had a loving home and and that you uh, uh, grew up uh, and and loved your parents. That's wonderful, and that they were good parents. But uh, let's transition, if we can, to when you were, I believe, around 38 years old. And um, what you had grown up, all of those years in the Watchtower Society, I guess you knew nothing else. Uh, what made you consider Christ?
1: Well, uh, it was the false prophecy. I, I'm, I just was a, I was a truth seeker. thats I wanted the truth. You know, we, we were supposed to be in the truth. I wanted to know the truth. And um, in 1966, whenever I was a teenager uh, and I was pioneering uh, that's uh, you know special uh, ministry mm-hmm. uh, position that's given to to people who go 100 out hours out in the service and they really do a lot more than just like the regular publisher and uh, there's this book that came out in 1966 called Life Everlasting in the Freedom of the Sons of God and this presented a scenario that 6,000 years would be up in 1975 and that 1975 would be the beginning of the millennial and. Um, so my dad you know he saw this in the book and he says oh no if this doesn't happen they're going to call us false prophets again uh-huh. and i thought to myself again i mean what's he talking about you know so you know a lot of time went on and and, and sure enough 1975 came and went in no millennial reign unless i missed something you mm-hmm. know but <laughs> there, there there was nothing not, not nothing you know and uh, so there was a lot of consternation in the watchtower society a lot of people were disappointed but, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, we still have love for one another, and you, know, and, and you, you make all, up all these excuses, but the fact is that they were caught in a false prophecy. So a few years later, there's another fellow who was a governing body member in Brooklyn. His name was Raymond Franz, and he came out with this book that was called Crisis of Conscience. And in this book, he outlined all the different false prophecies that the Watchtower had made. Uh nineteen fourteen wasn't to be the beginning of the end. Nineteen fourteen was supposed to be the end and Russell you know prophesied like seven things that were gonna happen by or before nineteen fourteen. And nineteen uh eighteen the churches were all supposed to be destroyed, and nineteen twenty five Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were supposed to be resurrected to a new earth and and in the nineteen forty was it was just a few months remaining before Armageddon and then the nineteen seventy five. So I knew what Dad meant by again, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because they had they had prophesied falsely so many times in the past, so I realized that this organization was a false prophet organization. I mean, there's just no getting around it. You could, you know, you could make excuses, but that's what any sinner does. You know, like a, an alcoholic or a drug addict always has an excuse for his sin. But I had to face the sin that I was involved in, and that was false prophecy. And then I read the Bible, and and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm a Christian today, Kay. It's because I obeyed Jehovah, and that's mm-hmm. what Jehovah's witnesses need to do. They need to obey Jehovah if they want to be faithful to Jehovah and obedient to Jehovah. And Jehovah says in Deuteronomy eighteen twenty through 22, he says, If any prophet presumptuously speaks a word in my name that I did not command him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. However, you may say in your heart how will we know that Jehovah has not spoken the word. When the prophet speaks in the name of Jehovah, I'm reading from the New World Translation Mm -hmm. here. When the prophet speaks in the name of Jehovah and the word is is not fulfilled or does not come true, then Jehovah did not speak the word, the prophet spoke it presumptuously, you should not fear him. Mm -hmm. So we are commanded, the King James Bible says, thou shalt not fear him. We are commanded not to fear a false prophet. So, uh, you know, what what am I going to do here? You know, I've, I've invested all my life, I know it's a false prophet. And Jehovah says I'm not to fear a false prophet. So I prayed to Jehovah. I prayed to Jehovah and I asked him, you know, if this was the the organization, his organization, if this was the truth. I wanted to show him to show me from the Bible. I was just going to read mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to show me from the Bible if this was a true organization or not. And so I began to read the Bible and I began to see that there were so many things, so many things that were were just out of kilter, they were out of source. they weren't according to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, Jesus returning invisibly in 1914 mm-hmm. um, in the heavens to receive kingdom authority, well, Jesus uh, said that he received all authority in heaven and earth 2,000 years ago, so how can he get more authority, you know, in, in 1914? Mm-hmm. And it just was one thing after another after another.
0: As you prayed and as you asked the Lord to reveal it, all of a sudden, you began to see and understand this from Scripture, because Jehovah's Witnesses really don't read from the beginning to the end of different verses in the Bible. They always kind of interpret for them through their publications, don't they?
1: You know, how I came to Christ, how, how I came—see, I'm asking for the truth, and I'm reading the Word, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so one day I'm at, at the Kingdom Hall, okay? I'm in a, in a Kingdom Hall, and this uh, gentleman— he was reading, got us to reading from 1 John and uh, the epistle of John, 1 John. And I kept reading. I snuck a peek. Uh, <laughs>
0: and, you kept reading after just, he was done. Yeah, right?
1: I just I just kept reading, and it was like a kaleidoscope of love. Uh, the beautiful words of, of the Apostle and how we know we're, we are Christians, how we love one another, and, and all these wonderful things. And it was just uh, amazing to me. And then I got to the... I, I've stopped in the fifth chapter of 1 John, and I'm reading there in the ninth verse. It says, and again, this is from a Jehovah's Witness Bible. It says, if we accept the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Now, Jehovah has a witness? I'm I'm claiming to be a Jehovah's Witness, and Jehovah has a testimony. Jehovah has a witness that he wants me to know. And I kept reading, what's the witness? What does he want me to know? Because this Mm -hmm. is the witness God gives, the witness that he has given about his Son. The person putting his faith in the Son of God has the witness within himself. The person not having faith in God has made him a liar. I don't want to make Jehovah a liar, right? Mm -hmm. Because he has not put his faith in the witness given by God concerning his Son. And this is the witness, that God gave us everlasting life, and this life is in his Son. Mm -hmm. The one who has the Son has the life. The one who does not have the Son does not have this life. I write these things so that you may know that you have everlasting life. You, who put your faith in the name of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. That hit me like a lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. I wrote down at the bottom of my little New World Translation that I was reading from, it doesn't sound like a Christian has to wait a thousand Mm -hmm. years to receive Mm -hmm. life.
0: We have eternal has life Jesus. now. He has we life have now. Yeah. Everlasting life. A big difference life. from what they teach you, though, oh, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're teaching good works. You have to do this. You can't know for certain that you have eternal well, life. Well Kay, well, Kay, you never know. I mean, You never like, know in a Jehovah's uh, no, Witness you know, During
1: faith. your lifetime, you're working to make it through Armageddon. You know, right. Armageddon just around the corner here. So be good until Armageddon. Go out to service and do everything they say until Armageddon hits. Then you've got the thousand-year millennial reign, according mm-hmm. to their eschatology, and, and and you've got this time when the earth is supposed to be returning to to a paradise condition. And then at the end of the thousand years, there's another test. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to say, you know, it seems strange to me that that we've already made it through Armageddon and now we have another test. You know, <laughs> here at the end of the thousand years, and and if you make it through that test, then you have life. But then again. If you mess up any time throughout eternity, you could still uh, lose your life. So you never have have any assurance as a Jehovah's Witness.
0: So you were seeing for the very first time that God's Word says when you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life as a free gift right now, even today. You know, many people say, oh, well, I have eternal life. It's a future. But we have it now.
1: Oh, no, it's now. Uh, you, Jesus says, if you believe in the one whom he has sent forth, you have passed from judgment into life. Mm-hmm. That's the fifth chapter of John. But the third chapter of John was another one that just knocked me on my, my can. You know, um, this guy comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. He says, what is it I have to do? You know, well, Jesus reads his mind. He, said, he knows the guy wants to know what it is he has to do to, to be part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he gives an example of what it means to be born again. He says in that, and this is so cool. He says, he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Well, what's the story of the the serpents and and Moses? Well, the Israelites were getting snake bit there because they were complaining and belly aching there in the wilderness, and so Yahweh sent sent snakes, and they bit them, and they were dying, and they were crying out to Moses, help us, help us, and Moses uh, is told by Jehovah, well, put this copper serpent on this standard, and by the way, a standard, is, it looks exactly like a cross, and uh, put this put this snake on a, on a standard and hold it up, and if anybody looks at the snake, snake bite healed, mm-hmm. and so all those Jews had to do was just look at the snake, and, and they're poisoned. They, they weren't dying anymore, mm-hmm. And and Jesus is just as Moses. Lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have Mm -hmm. eternal life. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about the snake bite anymore.
0: Yeah, isn't that awesome? Well, tell tell us a little bit more. Now, um, this had to be a process for you. This wasn't like, okay, I'm leaving, bye, Mom and Dad. Um, You were still in the Kingdom Hall when you were hearing these things. So how long after you began to recognize that the Watchtower Society had actually had false prophecies. And by the way, one of the tracks I'm going to be giving away a little bit later is, Whom Can You Trust? We give tracks away through our countercult ministry. And it talks about many of the false prophecies you just mentioned. And it quotes the book that they come from so that people can actually check it out and see some of the false prophecies uh, that the Watchtower Society has predicted. And God's word says a, f- a true prophet of God will not make one mistake. So even just one false prophecy makes them a false prophet. And God's word tells us do not follow false prophets. So I just want to say that. But I asked you a question before I started on a roll there um what was the process how long did it take you and what was it like because it has to be hard to have been to grow up in the watchtower society to have loving uh parents to have many friends and then begin to have these doubts i remember going to a uh a teaching, speaking at a, a conference some years ago, and I had two women that were in the seminar on witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses who were getting ready to leave the organization. And later they told us their teenagers found out they were going to be at this ex-Jehovah's Witness conference, and they turned them in. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what was it like for you? Like,
1: like Nazi Germany. Um, it, uh, well, it was, uh, it was difficult. Um, I was I would I was open about the what I, what I believed you know and and I believed that I had life and and I shared those scriptures with my uh, my wife and with my mother and father and and uh, they thought that I'd lost my mind mm-hmm. and uh, and actually I had you know I had, I had lost my mind and I, had, I was beginning to get the mind of Christ that's what mm-hmm. happens when you become a Christian sure. and uh, they said that I was demonized and uh, um, very. Uh, um, traumatic time, and then, and then um, my uh, my wife, she started divorce proceedings against me. Mm. And uh, the fellow that delivered the papers to my house, he said, you know, I've never delivered papers to a fellow that was making his kids go to church, because I wanted my my children to go to church at least once a once a week, and they could go with her to the Kingdom hall if they wanted to. Uh, but that wasn't good enough, and so we went through this this process. And thank God, my daughter is a Christian now. My son is not, but mm. my daughter came to Christ many years ago. She's married and has a beautiful uh, Christian family, and she's raising her kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. But um, you know, all of my friends, you know, would have nothing to do with me. Uh, the people that I loved and that I had grown up with uh, had nothing to do with me. Uh, so it was it was traumatic. You know, mm. it was a different. But here's the thing. You know, God has friends waiting for you on the other side. There were a lot of people, great many, you know, young brothers, and and uh, these folks were just so good to me. And uh, they invited me to play softball with them, and you know, we talked the Bible, and and you know, it, you know, God has has a plan for you, and He has many friends waiting for you uh, in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, even though my wife did divorce me, um, I married a beautiful Christian woman. She had two children. Her, their father had left them, and they had, she had two wonderful children. They're both Christians. In fact, my son, stepson, Marty, is going to be speaking at the conference. He's a graduate of um, a Midwestern theological seminary in uh, um, Kansas City there. But it's been great. I mean, you know, it's been great. God's got a good plan for everybody. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let me just make a few announcements, and then we want to talk a little bit about the Witnesses Now for Jesus Midwest, and then come back and kind of complete the program. Today, Family Shield is giving away numerous tracts from our counter cult ministry that will help you witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. To request them, call the Response Center 1-877-250-8416 or email witness2family at gmail.com Don't forget to give us your complete name and address. They will be mailed to you. There's about five of them. In a recent Family Shield donor letter to our supporters, we shared Family Shield Ministries' fiscal year ends June 30th and we still must raise an additional $20,000. Your prayers and gifts are needed today. Uh, please consider a donation. We encourage our radio listeners to give a gift of $25 or more to help us to continue to pay for this radio airtime that is heard on 53 stations throughout the United States. Every person that gives $25 or more and mentions the special offer will receive a copy of my newest Bible study entitled Balance, Christ-Filled Giving. There are six chapters, and it's a great Bible study you can use with your Uh, with your spouse or with your family or in a church. We also encourage you to share a message with us about how the program has equipped you to serve and witness or share a prayer request. Some of the messages may be shared in our publications or on our Facebook page. Names are changed unless you give us permission to use them. Send your support or your messages to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box, Two three zero zero one five St. Louis, Missouri six three one two three. or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. You can also get information to us through our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Now I want to go back to our program with Charles Smith. He has uh, begun uh, the witnesses now for Jesus Midwest, event that will be July 28th and 29th in Farmington, Missouri. And um, the flyer for this has been posted on the Family Shield event page on our website. Easiest way for you to get it is, again, to go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. It's also on the KSIV website, and that gives you his telephone number, email address, and a lot of details about the event. But Charles, tell our listeners first of all why you're having a Witnesses Now for Jesus Midwest gathering, and why they should come.
1: Well, I've always had a heart for Jehovah's Witnesses. After the turbulence that that you know we we went through, I served as a as a uh, uh, in the Home Mission Board of Southern Baptist in the Interfaith Outreach Department for 20 years, reaching out to Jehovah's Witnesses and educating the Church uh, on uh, the beliefs and how to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. And from time to time, I have gone to Pennsylvania to a Witnesses Now for Jesus conference, and I would go there and be, get so pumped up, and I would get so uh, uh, you know, strengthened spiritually. Mm-hmm. And the last time I was up there was last year, and I said, wouldn't this be a great oh. thing to have in Missouri, right. to have a witnesses now for Jesus Midwest? And so um, that's why we're doing it, and we've got right. some great speakers. And what we want to do is we want to help the church to be able to share Jesus with the Jehovah's Witnesses when they come to the door. Mm-hmm. We need to use that as an opportunity to... Uh, to share Christ and to share the truth of God's Word with Jehovah's Witnesses. It's not something we just want to, you know, brush them off and say, nah, we're not interested, you know, hit the door, hit the road, you know. But we want to help Christians to be able to help Jehovah's Witnesses. It's also designed to um, to help ex-Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. uh, come to grips with some of the situations that they're facing. It's a support um, a conference. We're going to support people, we're going to edify people, and we're going to educate people and we've got some great speakers, including yourself, and I'm really pumped about it. I think we're going to have a great time.
0: I have to tell you, Charles, I went to Pennsylvania's Witnesses Now for Jesus way early in our ministry, several times, and it was probably the closest to heaven I've ever been. I absolutely loved it, and at the time— that was back in the late 80s. I said, we need to have one closer to uh, St. Louis. And so you're just answering one of my prayers that never that just never happened. I think it is a great opportunity. And let me just tell our listeners, getting the word out to the people that need it is not easy. Uh, you're doing this without any organization behind you. You're, you're spending, uh, you know, to, to advertise it is difficult. So if you, our listeners, know someone that has a loved one that's a Jehovah's Witness, they're going to want to come to this. If you know someone that's a fallen away witness, just mention it. You know, they may not always like that you mention it, but um, do what you can to share. Uh, Many people have loved ones, family members involved, and I have a small prayer group that meets seven of us, all from different churches, different areas every one of those people know someone uh, close to them that is connected to the Jehovah's Witnesses but they never really tried to witness and they a lot of some of them, some of them are coming to the conference but they're always asking me more information and then a couple weeks ago I interviewed somebody who when I gave her the brochure she said oh my goodness I have a relative and I never know what to say to them so it's a place where people can come and be educated and as you said, get some support from the body of Christ.
1: Well, we, we've got some great speakers, but I think uh, one of the highlights uh, that we're going to have are the testimonies from ex-Jehovah's yes. Witnesses. That's going to be, you know, really I enjoy hearing these testimonies. Oh, me too. And we have a lady from Florida that's coming, a lady from uh, Minnesota that's coming, and, and there's a young man by the name of Bradley Crum. He is a, um, a free will Baptist minister and he was associated with the mormons and the jehovah's mm-hmm. witnesses and he's going to give his testimony mm-hmm. so not only are we going to have some really great speakers but some wonderful testimonies
0: that's great that's great and god's word in first peter three fifteen says always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks but do it with gentleness and respect and i think that anyone that comes to this will find that It isn't be rude and impolite, but it's be loving and concern for each other and sharing Christ in a loving, Christ-centered way is so important.
1: You know, Kay, um, somebody asked me one time, if you had five minutes to tell a Jehovah's Witness uh, something, what would you say? And I said, I would read to them at the door, First John 5, 9-13, Jehovah has a witness for you. Would you like to hear what his witness is? I I would think you would if you're Jehovah's witness. Mm -hmm. And read what Jehovah's witness is to us as truth seekers. And the witness is this, that he has given his Son, and if we believe his Son and believe in his Son, we have eternal life. Yeah. That's God's witness to us. That's something to share with the Jehovah's Witness you when they come to your door.
0: Yeah, I actually have a book, Mission Field on Our Doorstep, Jehovah's Witnesses has a lot more than that. We have two minutes left. Real quickly, you you already shared one point, but it's important when you do uh talk with Jehovah's Witnesses at your door or in your community, that you make points that make them yes. think. You don't have to bat them over the head and be mean-spirited. You just need to care about them, but you also need to know God's Word. Real quick, uh, a real quick closing thought, Charles. 40 years
1: ago, I had there was a lady. I was in the service with my mom, and I was knocking on this door, and this, this young lady came to the door, and she says, you're Jehovah's Witness? I said, yes. I said, do you know uh, why don't you believe in hell? Jesus talked about hell in the 16th chapter of Luke. And so we went through it, and I told her the Jehovah's Witness answer that that's a parable, and that just because you're rich, you don't, you don't go to heaven, and just because you're poor, you don't go to hell, and blah, 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 blah. And and this young lady, she said, she said, well, well Jesus taught it, and it said that the man died, and he was in torments, and he just wanted a, a tip of, a, you know, just a drip of water on his tongue. Jesus taught it. And she would have thought she made no impression whatsoever. But I went out to the car, and I told Mom, I said, you know, if there isn't any such thing as a burning hell, then why did Jesus even mention that in a parable? All the rest of his parables are based on reality. Why were we we to think this one's based on on, uh, uh, fantasy? And Mom said, well, don't worry about it. But I have never forgotten that. And that young lady shared that with me, and she would have thought it never even fazed me, but it
0: did. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, My guest again has been Charles Smith. Uh, Learn more about the Witnesses Now for Jesus Midwest. Uh, You can contact us, uh, FamilyShieldMinistries.com. And uh, again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield, www.FamilyShieldMinistries.com. Thanks for listening.